This is the Magellan Journal, a podcast series here to help you navigate through EU opportunities. We remove the noise around current EU issues on different topics, such as transport and environment, each time through the perspective of a different expert. In this episode, we speak to Nuno Jardam Nunes, who is full professor at the Technical University of Lisbon and the president of the Interactive Technologies Institute. Nuno is also the main proponent of the Bauhaus of the Seas vision and the manifesto for the new European Bauhaus. We talk to Nuno about this new initiative and what it can bring to Portugal and the European society as a whole. Hello, good morning, Nuno Jardim Nunes, and thank you for joining us uh, in this podcast. Can you please briefly present yourself and the university you work for? Yes, thank you. Good morning. My name is Nuno Jardim Nunes. I'm a professor of human computer interaction at the University of Lisbon, Technico, which is the engineering school. My background is in computer science, but uh, since more than 10 years, I've been working in the connections with design and sustainability, and hence my interest, research interest in the new European Bauhaus and anything related to technologies and sustainability. Mm -hmm. And for those who haven't heard of it yet, could you please briefly explain what is the new European Bauhaus and the Bauhaus of the Seas initiative? So the new European Bauhaus is a new top-down movement that started by von der Leyen and in an attempt to address the issues of how we can evolve uh, to a more sustainable and how can we tackle climate change and, and, and create opportunities for the, the Green Deal to actually be consistent and, and have an impact in the territories. And s- since that, although it was a top-down initiative, it started also with a co-creation and co-design uh, process, which has lasted uh, more or less a year and, and, and some months, where we have been contributing with the Bauhaus of the Seas. Like last year, when I heard about it, I, I, I was very in line with, with the concept of the new European Bauhaus, although I do know that it's a little bit controversial in some schools related to architecture and design. I think it's it's an interesting mm-hmm. way to for the European Union to launch a movement that I think has been successful in that. And what I thought, well, Portugal needs to be, and we have to have a role in this initiative, and then we need to, to try to influence it as, as early as possible. So there was a group of people that joined from the Ministry of Science and Technology and from the Ministry of Culture of the Portuguese government that I was coordinating. And we brainstormed and what could be a contribution of Portugal to the new European Bauhaus. And because we are an Atlantic nation, Lisbon is the only Atlantic capital in Europe, and the oceans with our islands. I, I was born in Madeira, so I have a strong connection with the, with the mm-hmm. islands, with the ocean. We thought it's, it's really what, what we need to do. And because the oceans are so important to the sustainability of our planet, and it's impossible to to imagine a sustainable future without imagining healthy oceans, which is actually another mission. We said, well, let's bring the Bauhaus to the seas. And uh, that's how it all started. Uh, It's obviously also something that will benefit our our strategic positioning as Portugal. But I never thought uh, this movement would have gathered so many people and so much interest uh, throughout Europe. And so we are happy to have already a consortium which involves many regions in in Europe, from from Portugal to Italy, to the northern countries, to, to the Netherlands, to Germany, so we have a, a lot of interested people in our in our idea. 
Mm -hmm. And when you say uh, the new European Bauhaus, which has already showing a successful initiative, when, when was its official launch, let's say, and how long is it foreseen to, to go on for? Is it more like a Horizon 2020 program or does it have an end date? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, so it was not when I say it was a top down initiative is because it was launched in October 2021. So more than uh, Uh, sorry, 2020, mm -hmm. by, by a declaration from the von der Leiden. And, and it was not originally in the design of Horizon Europe. So it's something that came after and that is influencing a lot of the, not only the missions, especially the missions of cities and the missions of oceans, but many other calls that have been launched in Horizon Europe, they have now uh, need or have a requirement or have some kind of positive condition if they are aligned with the concept of the new European Bauhaus. And I think that with, with COVID, with the pandemic, with the whole crisis that we are, we faced with COVID, hopefully it's going to go away. But uh, the, the next one that is coming with climate change, I think that the, the idea is that we are in a moment very similar to what happened when the original Bauhaus was founded after the First World War and the need for Europe to rebuild itself. The thing now is that we don't need to rebuild Europe. Probably what we need to do is to stop building. What we need to do is to regenerate our ecosystems. We need to try and make sure that our relationship with the natural world is a much more positive one. It's, it's not hurting the environment that surrounds us. And that's why we came about with the idea of the Bauhaus of the Seas, because we believe that the seas, they are a huge proportion of the seas is completely in, invisible to us, but they play a central role in the health of the, of the planet. And uh, we get a lot from the seas. They, they regulate the climate of the planet. They are a huge source of protein, a huge source of energy for, for us. And so we need to rethink our relationship to the, to the oceans if we really want to do something about our sustainable future. So that's why we proposed uh, the idea of the Bauhaus of the Seas. It's not about building anymore. It's not about mm -hmm. materials. It's not about construction. It's much more about redesigning our relationship with the natural environment. And we believe that the, the sea is, is the most important natural environment that we have in our planet. Mm -hmm. There's some things that you mentioned, and I think you made an interesting reference. Um, so this new European Bauhaus comes after or during the crisis now, which is the COVID crisis, which can be compared to the old European Bauhaus, which came after the Second World War. And there's something else you mentioned before, which I would like to ask you a bit more about, uh, which is that this movement has received also some controversy from architecture and design schools. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I don't see this as a controversial, but I do know that some of my colleagues from architecture and design, uh, when you pick up a strong reference like the Bauhaus, uh, you not naturally you, you'll be touching a territory which is mostly architecture. A lot of the design, the equipment design that came out of the Bauhaus was actually coming from, from architecture. So it's natural that all of my colleagues from architecture think that the Bauhaus is about architecture, it's not about computer science, it's not about environmental science, it's not about the oceans. On the other hand, I think there is also a political controversy here because the Bauhaus is also a school that started in Germany, although it, it escaped what happened in the Second World War and then went to the US, and that's probably where it got more influence in, in, in the 20th century design. But I think that all of these are, are natural when you pick up a reference like the Bauhaus, but I, I look at these references is more as a challenge, not necessarily as a kind of a, 
uh, nostalgic feeling and we need to go back to the Bauhaus. Now, we don't need to go back to the house. That's very clear to me. Mm-hmm. We need to create a new movement that will have an influence which is as important as the original Bauhaus had in the 20th century. But knowing that we are in a completely different political, historical, economic situation and the world is very different from what it was more than 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, uh, when we think about the Bauhaus, we mostly think about built environment, architecture and design. How does this relate to computer science, which is an area that you are specialized in? Yes. And again, if you go back to the to the original concept of the Bauhaus, the original concept, there is a very famous diagram with a wheel uh, that shows what the Bauhaus school was about. And uh, that that wheel was uh, very much related to the the building materials. It was related to color. So the idea was that a designer in the 20th century, whether it is an architect or a product designer, would be someone that will be very uh, proficient in manipulating and understanding the importance of materials, the importance of uh, color, so that he could create a new aesthetics, which is what what is the legacy of the Bauhaus. This idea that uh, form follows function, that uh, you know you have mm-hmm. to to strip for simplicity. When you look at where we are right now, the digital is probably the most important material that we have. Everything is now built around digital. And so understanding how you can use the digital as a design material and digital technology as a design material, for me, it's, it's very central. And I think it will have a big influence in, it's already having a huge influence in our aesthetics. You know, the aesthetics of Instagram, to give you an example, influence a lot of things, it influence the way people want to look. It influences the way people tell stories. So it the digital technology is having an impact which is very similar to the impact that our built spaces had before. Because before, when you were designing a house, when you were designing an office building, uh, you were actually designing the interactions that people would have in those physical spaces. But now, I would say that more than 50% of our interactions are happening on the digital space, uh, whether it's through you know social media, email, Zoom, all of these technologies are having a profound impact in the way we interact. So if you want to redesign the way we connect to the to our ecosystem, to our the world that we live in, you need to think about digital as a as a technology, mm-hmm. as a design material. Okay. And back to the Bauhaus of the Seas specifically, can you now give us a few practical examples of the solutions being proposed for coastal territories? So we, when we designed the, the proposal, we obviously applied to be one of the five new European Bauhaus centers. We hope we will win. We will be one of the five. But we had to select some concrete examples of what we see as practical examples of what's happening out there. So there are some examples that are more closely related to the idea of rebuilding our physical connection with the oceans. As you know, you know, seawater rise is a huge problem, especially in some of the cities that we've gathered for, for our consortium, like Lisbon, Venice. Venice is is a is probably the most iconic example of how you need to solve this problem of our connection to the oceans because if you want to save venice basically you need to save the world because otherwise that wonderful city is going to disappear and with her all of the cultural heritage so some solutions are natural nature-based solutions for instance let's say can we redesign reefs 
that will enable our relationship to the ocean to be more sustainable and it can regenerate the biodiversity in some of these places. And uh, in the same way, it could act as a barrier to, or as, as a way to adapt to seawater rise. But, and so that, that's a more concrete example. So uh, in a lot of places, these new reefs are being built so to regenerate the biodiversity of those coastal areas and to also contribute to absorb more carbon because if you regenerate the, the, the biodiversity, you certainly have much more ability to, to capture CO2. Another example would be about food. So uh, if you think about how can we change people, how can we make people act more sustainably, you need to connect to them. So I did a lot of work in sustainability and especially in the area of energy and uh, what we found out is not, is not just by making people feel bad that you can actually motivate them to change their behavior. You need to have a positive attitude towards that. So we are uh, looking on food as a great way to connect to local communities, especially intergenerational, what we call intergenerational communities. So we need to bring the old and the new generation. Climate change is not something that you can do by blaming the older generations for having created a problem that is not going to give a future to the younger generation. So we need to bring those generations together because the older generations have a lot to, to, to teach to the younger generations. And, and food is a great example of how you can do that. And why food is important? Because the, the, the food chain in the oceans has a huge impact in, in climate change. So we need to make sure that people are eating locally. We need to make sure that they are eating sustainably and we believe that food is a great example a final example that is probably not as simple for people to to understand is related to what we call an interspecies design movement so the idea that by having the bowels of disease looking at how different species can be considered when you are designing a solution whether it's a adaptation of, of the built environment what it's about food so uh, the idea is that we could have non-humans collaborating in the design process. What do I mean by that? If you want to design something, a solution that is not going to take into consideration the interests of the non-humans of, let's say, the fish in the lagoon or in, in the ocean, or even the microbes that we all depend on or the insects that are around us, then you probably are not going to be able to generate uh, a good solution. So the idea here is that, again, we can use digital to bring the interests of these non-human agents and to make sure that when we design a solution, we are going to contribute for their well-being because the well-being of these ecosystems is also our well-being. And we need to stop thinking about just designing for us, for us as humans. We need to design for all of the ecosystem. And, and that's another aspect of a concrete example that we are trying to to build for mm -hmm. the for the bowels of the sea. And indeed, this blue economy is many times presented as a big opportunity in the EU and especially in Portugal, which is mainly surrounded by sea as well. You just mentioned actually a few opportunities here for nature protection and preservation with this non-human design. Uh, do you have any other examples perhaps of how we can conciliate these opportunities? Yeah, there are many interesting examples. I'm going to give you one of my favorite ones, although it's not directly connected with the Bajos of Disease, but it's, it's connected to some of the research we've been doing. The International Monetary Fund just released a report two, two years ago about how the whales could be the solution to climate change. So they've made the calculations that if we were able to go back to the population of whales that we had in the pre-whaling 
so 18th century uh, times, we would have an impact that would be in a magnitude that is seven times the Amazon forest. And this is a great example because whales are a very iconic example also. I like these iconic examples. I think they help people understand why they mm-hmm. are important. Um, you know, in the beginning, whales were Moby Dick. They were monsters we needed to kill. And we used, uh, whaling was much about getting extracting energy through whaling. And then uh, suddenly... In the 20th century, they became the icon of Greenpeace. And, and, you know, from Moby Dick to Free Willy, there is a huge change in the way you connect to whales. So they are no longer the monsters that you want to kill. They are something you want to save. And like Venice is a very iconic example. I think whales are, are, are an iconic example. And so the idea that whales act as ecosystem engineers because they bring nutrients from the north to the south to the poles They bring Mm -hmm. nutrients from the deep sea to the surface. And if we are able to protect whales even more, because although whaling fortunately stopped, there is still a lot to do to be able to bring back the populations of whales. There is ship strikes. There are things that are happening that are putting Mm -hmm. the population in danger. We will be able to have a huge impact in carbon capture, which is nature-based. So we don't Mm -hmm. need to look at the oceans as the place where we can go and do the same mistakes we did on land. Like you will go there to extract more minerals, you go there to extract more food or protein. But if we look at the ocean as a place where we could uh, enhance the ability of nature to preserve the the balance of, of, uh, of emissions, I think we will have many alternatives. There are other examples that are less, I would say, less disconnected from our territories. For instance, marine grasslands. So uh, being able to create opportunities for for having in our coasts much more uh, ability to absorb CO2 is another example of how the blue economy could have a, a big impact. And I think Portugal has a huge tradition. We are a nature of, of the ocean. Uh, we have many islands. And I think we have a big contribution in, in the blue economy. Mm-hmm. Indeed, that was a very interesting few examples you shared with us. My last question would be, what comes next for the Bajos of the Seas? What are your research priorities for the next years? So we finished a couple of, a couple of uh, weeks ago the proposal to being one of the centers. Like I said, the consortium, it has these two important cities, Lisbon and Venice, but it also many other cities like Genova, Malmo, Hamburg, Antwerp, Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. So different uh, cities that come together to look at our relationship to the ocean to create a new design movement. I think that's very uh, exciting. We don't know if we are going to win. But even if you don't win, there are already discussions and very concrete steps being done to create pilots in these cities in, in connection with the municipalities, in connection with the local community. So uh, regardless of, of getting funded or not, we will move forward with the movement. Then uh, there are very spe- many specific calls that we are looking at in, in the digital. The idea of digital twins related to the oceans is a very strong idea that we are trying to follow. And also cultural heritage is another one. Co-designing with communities, this idea that you cannot impose solutions to the community, you need to co-design with them is also another area that we are working very closely. And especially we are very interested in working with the cultural and the creative industries. Because we believe that if you want to inspire people, you need to start with the art. So in our consortium and in our approach, the creative industries have a strong place. They are kind of pivotal to our approach. So we want 
research and design and development to follow uh, art and culture, and that's our approach. Indeed. Uh, well, thank you very much Nuno, for this super interesting conversation and uh, I wish you all the best with the upcoming research and projects for the Bauhaus of the Seas. Thank you very much. If you like this podcast and want to know more about Magellan, check out our website at www.magellan-association.org 